Welcome to the show. Welcome to Just the Headers. This is a show about the cryptocurrency and blockchain headlines uh, that you missed throughout the week and we caught because we're looking out for you. We care about you. Yep. (laughs) And you guys passed our test. Isn't that right, Jesse? What test? Our geographical test. We left a... Oh, yeah. Easter egg for you guys last week. <laughs> the last podcast with Crimea. Yeah. Yep. We wanted to see who's listening. Just wanted to make sure you were listening, Andy. Congratulations, Andy. You won some of Corey's TVP token that he's going to make one day, hopefully. Because you... <laughs> you were the sole listener who called in and told us what we wanted to know and where, where was Crimea. A part of what country was Crimea actually a part of, and it was a test just for you. So, congrats, give yourself a pat on the back. So, what's new in your world, Jesse? Um, not much. I just had Taco Bell because today's National Taco Day. Mm-hmm. So, this is this for some reason, October marketing got to me third October 4th. 4th, yeah, yep. And uh, Taco Bell had a deal like $5 for four tacos, but I definitely didn't go to Taco Bell for that deal. I ended up getting their triple, double Crunchwrap Supremes and a Chalupa. Chalupa. Do you remember the commercial? Chalupa. Oh, no, wait. That was Gordita. No, I don't watch cable. It was a weird, creepy commercial back in the 90s. It was like, Gordita. It was, I think it was either right before the extremely racist chihuahua or right after the extremely racist chihuahua i knew about the chihuahua oh yeah i don't know how they got away with that for as long as they did did they ever change it or no um yeah they they had to change you have to change that man that's you can't just can't just like you know that that would be like a a brand of that no, that would be like KFC having a jive talking, uh, zoot suit wearing black guy as their mascot for a ad campaign. It's like, come on, like, come on, you can't really. In fact, this day and age, I almost would applaud them if they were brave enough to do some silly shit like that. But, anyways. But yeah. So besides Taco Bell, uh, nope, not really that much. <laughs> Uh, I can't say a lot went down for us. Oh, this is big news for us. Uh, we finally um, through went through the process of getting all of the shits in order for the Bitcoin Podcast Network to to be an official business, um, official official, like a ref with a whistle. We even have a seal. I can seal letters with our seal. 
Isn't that cool? Is it digital or like a like an ink seal? It's like a like stamp stamp thing. And I bet you I could turn it into ink, and I could even probably drizzle some wax on it, maybe like nine and a half weeks. You know. Mm. Anyways, yeah. So we're we're growing there, and it's going good there. So that was good. And now I'm in Virginia, cool. so hopefully I get to see some of you DC folks. If you want to reach out, I'll be in that area uh, next uh, Wednesday, Tuesday slash Tuesday to Thursday ish, and uh, we could talk shop, huh? We can talk about some crypto. We can go have a beer. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> anyways, so let's jump into the show, man. Yeah, start with the weekend. You want to take it? Uh, you know what? This is all you. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. What? All right. I don't know. I didn't want to start it with the ones, the news headlines that you picked. Just Okay. Just I'll start. I'll start it. I'll start okay. It. Even though last week you set me up with some like, Chuck That's E. Cheese is like. launching their third Chuck E. Cheese token. I was like, what is this news? So, in... So, the first article from last weekend coming from our boy Wolfie Zhao. You know what I feel like we should do one time is like interview these people that are doing all these writings just for okay. our show. I'm down. You know what I mean? Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I hate interviewing journalists, though. They make you sign all this crap and like basically build a rubric for how the conversation should go. And it's like, I get it. You're a journalist, but you don't have to be that journalistic just to come kick it on the show. But anyways, um, Wolfie Zhao, my man Wolfie Zhao has 488 tweets, 11 Reddit numbers. Australia poised to create national blockchain with IBM tech. So in the most dystopian thing you'll hear today, Australia is going to put a one central blockchain to rule them all on their Itty bitty island over there. I shouldn't say itty bitty. It's a pretty large island, but it's really big, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 actually surprisingly big. Um, okay, so let's read a little bit of this shit. An Australian, <laughs> an Australian federal agency is developing a national blockchain that will allow businesses to carry out transactions based on smart legal contracts. Ooh, they're not just they're not just legal contracts, Jesse. They're smart. They wear glasses and play chess. The Commonwealth Scientific and Industrial Research Organization, also known as Cicero, said on Wednesday that its research arm, Data61, which sounds like a badass robot, is working with law firm Herbert Smith Freehills and IBM to conduct a pilot for a new platform called, here it is, the Australian National Blockchain. Or... A and B, if you want to be cool. The technology is aimed to let businesses automate transactions based on predefined legal terms designed to comply with Australian regulations coded into smart contracts on top of an IBM-powered blockchain network. The future is now, Jesse. Hmm. The future is now. Okay, on to the next article of the day. Speaking of next articles... This one's a doozy, okay? This one's got, uh, this is written by our homie, our homie yet, or is it patriarchal to put et on the end of something when a woman's doing it? You could just say it's by Helen Parts. 
Well, don't make me out to be some kind of <laughs> guy. Like, you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you waved your I'm finger. I'm saving at me. you. I'm saving you by just saying the author's name. Okay. Before I go down that rabbit hole of doom, I'm just going to say a wonderfully written article by the by by a journalist by the name Helen Parts on Cointelegraph.com. Uh you know any dudes named Helen? Mm-mm. Nope. Okay. Walmart's latest blockchain patent lets robots conduct deliveries across supply chain. So this has fifteen thousand three hundred and sixty total views. 565 total shares. It is a minute and 55 seconds long to listen to. If you want to listen to it. Um, so let's go into this. So, so U.S. retail giant Walmart, also known as Walmeezy, also known as The Dubs, has applied to the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, USPTO, to patent a blockchain system for deliveries, according to an official Patent document. This is Walmart is trying to make some blockchain news, baby. They're trying to do something to those share prices. Because two weeks ago, last week they said, if you're a supplier for us by September 2019, you better be using blockchain. Or you're no longer a supplier for Walmart. And you know when Walmart speaks, they got those big nuts. Or big ovaries. It could be it's unisex. It's it's you both sexes can have large reproductive organs that symbolize power is what I'm mm. saying. But <laughs> I'm just not going to say anything. I feel like it's the best place to be right now. <laughs> That's the best place. Just don't say anything, Jesse. Let me go down this rabbit hole myself. <laughs> okay. So anyways, um, throw you like a grappling hug but you'll probably take the whole line and everything that's holding it mm-hmm. just, i think large ovaries are a bad thing right I, I i feel like i've heard some point in my life an enlarged ovary leads to bad situations i don't know i play way to fifth. plead the fifth on that jesse i'm trying to reel you down here <laughs> and you are you're staying, you're holding firm you're black hole yeah, yeah. Anyway, so here's the deal. This is something really cool to me because I actually witnessed a robot being uh, told what to do by Ethereum transactions. So the robot was being sent programmed Ether that would tell it to drive forward, drive backward, turn left, turn right, so on and so forth. I thought that was a phenomenal moment in my life that like I got to witness that with my eyes. I think it's really cool. Um, and... And it leads to a future where, you know, if, if we if we automate as heavy handed as we think we're going to, which all business sense says we should, um, then robots will be paying robots to do work. Right. And robots can have their own little functioning economy that we get to just manage. So very neat stuff. So uh, speaking of. Very neat stuff. The last article from last weekend is coming from uh, Roger Ver. I might not see. I don't want to censor, right? Because he's so like, don't censor me, bro. Don't censor it's me, bro. Edward Kelso. Huh? It's C. Edward Kelso. What's this article about? No, 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 no. This isn't C. Edward Kelso. Yeah, this is C. Edward Kelso. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Three thousand one hundred sixty-five eyeballs. 
This is this 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 headline caught me. I'm not gonna lie to you. It says Bitcoin cold storage in DNA. Right? We're getting one step closer to that uh documentary with Justin Timberlake in it where people were paying with things with time. I like Savvy Bitcoiners know whoever controls keys and key phrases. <laughs> Controls the coins as cryptocurrency becomes part of everyday life and investment. Mm, I don't know if that's actually happening, but enthusiasts are increasingly searching for unique, secure ways to store access to their digital assets. Enter Carver with two R's on the end because he's a hipster. The startup claiming to keep. Oh, God. <laughs> what? Yeah, they're, they're storing your, your keys in DNA. Oh, yeah. They're okay. keeping it in, get this, get this, in a microtube of deoxyribonucleic acid. That's DNA for the people in the back. It's just so crazy sounding. It might work. What so he dumps the tube out, just empties it. <laughs> can you sexually transmit your private key? Oh, <laughs> oh there's some jokes in there. There's a solid comedy in there, right there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God. Wait. Oh, wow. My mind is buzzing with all the possibilities of storing Bitcoin passwords and DNA. Crazy. So, this is like an op-ed, but some keep them on hard drives, others paper separated into location. Still, others employ complex safety deposit box schemes. Indeed, as cryptocurrency takes on greater significance and more financial plans, what to do with the essential access to it becomes of utmost importance. Carver's offering what it calls DNA-based cold storage for digital currencies. Here's a quote. Our system is the safest method of cold storage on the planet developed by a group of experienced asset managers and biotechnologists. They believe their storage data is one of a kind, transforming data from digital information to biological and therefore requires no software updates or internet connection. Oh my gosh. So then all they have to do is hard fork and change some things and it's worthless. If it was not decentralized enough, they could do that. So, yeah. But, anyways, sorry, I didn't mean to rain on parades. A significantly decentralized blockchain would be okay. Cold storage. We know about cold storage. It will literally have to be cold storage. Literally. Dude, that's legit, man. Can you imagine having to like spit on the screen to get into your wallet? That'd be disgusting. I want to have to do that. I don't know. How else do you transfer DNA? No, I wouldn't want to have to use my DNA to open things. Yeah. Or like, what are those things that uh, the diabetics have to do? They lance it. They stick a lancet in their finger, get a little bloody blood. Hmm. Um, yeah. okay. Anyways, uh, it's on you. It's your turn, man. I'm done. All right. So speaking of crypto. Oh, nice. Segue. <laughs> uh, the first article for Monday. Rick, how do you pronounce this? Rakuten? 
Rakuten. Okay, Rakuten. I think it's Japanese. You got to put a little bit of guttural in there. Rakuten. It is. It is Japanese. Raku, Rakuten. All right, Rakuten is about to buy a Bitcoin exchange for $2.4 million. Japanese e-commerce giant Rakuten. I'm, I'm totally butchering this. Is planning another step into the cryptocurrency industry with the acquisition of a local Bitcoin exchange. The company said in an announcement that it is an inked in a share transfer agreement for 100% of an exchange called Everybody's Bitcoin on Friday. Oh, that's the name? Everybody's Bitcoin on Friday. What? The acquisition appears to be costing the firm 265 million yen or 2.4 million dollars no, when it goes it's called through everybody's Bitcoin. Oh, okay, okay. It's <laughs> like it's going to get hacked on Friday and everybody's going to get some Bitcoin. All right. Explaining the move, Rakuten says said it believes quote the role of cryptocurrency based payments in e-commerce offline retail and in p2p payments will grow in the future adding quote in order to provide cryptocurrency payment methods smoothly we believe it is necessary for us to provide a cryptocurrency exchange function i don't this article is kind of like okay so yeah. you're in Japan and you uh if you know of an ebay equivalent called i'm gonna call it rakuten even though I actually like, know of this. It's pretty much yeah. like a very like baller. It's kind of like Alibaba. Okay. And Amazon, but in Japan. Oh. Okay. I had a Japanese student that I taught one year, and he showed it to me because he used to, he had the flyest fucking sneakers, bro, flyest. And I was like, "How are you? Get, I've never seen sneakers like that in my life." And he's like, "Get it on Rakuten. I ship it in from Japan." And I was like, "Huh." Hmm. I watched a documentary on on shoe um what do they call it the shoe game uh the shoe game in China Ooh, isn't it a big deal? What I th- did I talk about this on the other podcast that we just did? I don't think Possibly. you did, but I think okay. you talked about FOMO culture and why it's picking up so much steam in in China. Oh, uh, okay. So to give you like a, the, the gist of it, basically the factories that produced for like Nike, Adidas and whatever in, uh, some city in China, um, when, when those factories disappeared, they still had the raw materials to make the shoes. So what, what was happening is people were basically, um, buying, um, the uh i guess buying the shoe recipes and then basically making fake shoes that were pretty close to the originals and then selling them overseas to you know the u.s to japan whatever no doubt no doubt so apparently it's it's a the guy who operates one of the uh, i guess shoe pirating factories yeah um, he makes like 70 million in a year so shut your mouth 70 million dollars i guess i guess it's a lot of money like they sell like they sell bulk shoes at like uh so i guess if the shoes go for like uh six hundred dollars maybe then they'll sell them for like 200 something maybe like low 200s so they sell they sell them for like about a third of the price and then they sell them in bulk 
these fakes. So it's pretty interesting if you I, I never got into the shoe game, but maybe people are interested. You can get your uh, fake shoes from China for way cheaper. And they're pretty 70 good. Seventy million dollars. It's like almost thirty five million McDoubles. Yeah. Jeez. Didn't McDoubles used to be on the dollar menu? Don't get me started about inflation. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, on to the next article for Monday. Colombian president promises to cut rent taxes for crypto firms yeah. by Anna Berman. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. 8,337 total views and 270 total shares. Colombian president Ivan Ivan Duke. What is his last name? Pause for the cause for a second. What mm-hmm. the hell is that picture supposed to be telling me? Uh, no taxes for cryptocurrencies. Yeah, but it has a cryptocurrencies box with a check mark and then a huge red X over everything. Yeah, so, so that means no there's no taxes tax- for anything on that. Yeah, I, I think the artist gave it their best try. They probably have to produce so many different illustrations for all, you know, tw- probably 20-something different articles a day. Yeah. It's a lot of work, probably. Yeah. Look at you. You're such a nice guy. You'd be a great boss. I'd be a terrible boss. I'd be like, you guys don't have to work that hard. We can take a little bit more of a break. Oh, yeah. Your boss would fire you. (laughs) (laughs) Your boss would say, what do you mean they don't have to work that hard? We're paying for their sweat and tears and soul. Yeah. Yep. Soul. Go for it. So the president, uh, President Ivan... I'll just say Ivan Duke. Ivan, I'm going to go with Ivan Duke, has recently promised to cut taxes for cryptocurrency and blockchain startups. Local newspaper El Tiempo reported Wednesday, August 29th. El Tiempo. Duke Duke delivered uh, an opening message during Andycom, an international congress on information and communications technology held annually in Cartagena de Indias, Colombia. Colombia? A recording of his speech is now available on YouTube. President confessed that he was, quote, obsessed with technology, especially with robotics and artificial intelligence. He further stressed that Colombia needs his own, its own regulator for the ICT industry and promised to establish a high council for the trans- uh, transformation and digital society. According to Duke, I feel like that's not how you, it's not Duke, he sounds French. He sounds French, but he's a Colombian president. I've never seen that last name before. Maybe he is French. Because it could be Duck or Decay. But if it's like a cool way of spelling Decay. Decay. Maybe it's Dooku. Maybe it's Dooku. Dooku? Yeah. I don't know. The use of Mr. D, President D. The use of advanced technologies might help tackle help the state tackle corruption along with improving such areas as security, justice, and medicine. So it looks like this article is just talking about Columbia looking to crypto and uh, helping firms who are trying to establish themselves in Columbia. So moving on to the last article for Monday, Ethereum developers move to alter blockchain's economics in the next upgrade. This is written by Rachel Rose O'Leary. 
and has 812 retweets and one Reddit share. A proposal that, if enacted, would change how much new cryptocurrency is released on the world's second largest blockchain was finalized Friday, with developers agreeing to include the code for such a change as part of Ethereum's upcoming October upgrade, Constantinople. Speaking on a video call, a group of 14 developers agreed to support code that would reduce the amount of new cryptocurrency introduced on Ethereum to 2 ETH per block, down from 3 ETH today, by implementing an updated version of an Ethereum improvement upgrade named EIP-1234. Notably, investors and miners who attended a meeting on which upgrades should be included in Constantinople last week were not invited to this week's meeting and did not attend. But while this week's meeting featured a more limited number of attendees, those present agreed that the difficulty bomb, a piece of code intended to add time pressure to upgrades, um, and that has influenced discussion of Constantinople's code, will be delayed for a 12-month period. Yet another hard fork or network-wide software upgrade will be planned to occur eight months from the upgrade to Constantinople, developers agreed. With controversy building on the issuance change, and multiple parties arguing for different outcomes, a reduction to 2 ETH was positioned as the conservative choice. Depending on the perceived outcome of the change to Ethereum's code, security researcher Martin Swend suggested revisiting the question after the eight-month period. Quote, I think we also need to be conservative with changes and make changes incrementally and not dictate changes against the will of the community but apply conservative measures in doing changes, but try to compete uh, to keep them within the intent of the community, Swen said during the call. Speaking in the meeting, Casper, uh, developer for the Ethereum Foundation, Danny Ryan, um, echoed this point, stating that because issuance is likely to drop considerably in an upcoming upgrade, that will find Ethereum making a dramatic change, that will find Ethereum making a dramatic changes that doesn't make sense, and how the network is secured, the decision in the interim should be seen as, quote, incremental compromises until we get to the vision. Mm. So uh, this this is this isn't news for people that have been following this space for a little bit longer than two, three years, but Ethereum is not designed to just continue to grow and grow and grow. It actually is supposed to have a cap on it and start to apply some deflationary properties to its economy. So this is what's been under discussion for a large part of this year is um, <clears throat> how do they start that process? Because they're trying to move to proof of work. So you have to make sure there's a good amount of cryptocurrency. There's a good amount of ether. You mean proof in, of stake? Yeah, proof of stake. What did I say? Proof of work. My bad. Proof of stake. Uh, see, that would have been one for you, Andy. Tried to leave you <laughs> Easter egg, but Jesse... Jesse took it from you. Sorry, proof of stake. As I moved to proof of stake, um, uh, you had to have like a certain number in circulation, a certain number staked. Like, and all of this experimental process of moving towards proof of stake, you can actually look at in real time via <laughs> Spank Chain. Actually, is doing some phenomenal. Is is driving that tech phenomenally? So, um, they got a lot of booty spanked. Wow. Such great marketing. Um, anyways, um, what do you think, man? I think this is one reason why this is me personally. Hashtag no investment advice. Hashtag don't do what I do. But I keep a good 
percentage of my portfolio in Ether because I know it's going to be deflationary one day. And when everybody's competing for these resources, granted, the technology starts to, uh, you know, come to fruition on some of these promises that it's offering. You know, if the tech is working, it's highly utilized and you have a scarce resource to you that you have to use, then, you know, proof is in the pudding. I don't know, to be honest. Well, I mean, never mind. You're not supposed to know. You're supposed to make a bet. You place a bet. Yeah, my bet is like I shotgunned a lot of different promising projects. Bam. Yeah. Is it my turn Tuesday? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, yep, you're on Tuesday. Yeah. We're going to do lightning rounds. We're here on, guys, so I hope you're ready for it. We're going to read this headline, maybe grab a quote, keep it moving. So speaking of uh, lightning, uh, with rambling Clinton keynote, Ripple is sending a clear message. So, uh, former U.S. President Bill Clinton, William Clinton, didn't have to say much when he delivered the keynote of Ripple Swell Conference in San Francisco, and indeed, he barely said anything relevant to the blockchain industry. I want to see if there's anything he said at all in this article. Okay, and I do not see one single quote from Bill Clinton here. So, what this tells me is that Ripple is... Uh, swinging its uh, that's okay. I'm not gonna get vulgar here. Ripple has the ability to book someone like Bill Clinton, and that's what they're trying to show everyone. It's got clout. They have clout. Um, that's what they're trying to show everyone. This has nothing to do with Ripple at all. Uh, and I, I believe I called it like a a month and a half ago on the Bitcoin podcast when Cello was like, they got Bill Clinton. And I was like, it doesn't mean anything. He doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. He's going to get up there and spew a bunch of bullshit. And guess what happened? He got up there and spewed a bunch of bullshit. Next article. (laughs) All right. Speaking of bullshit, Charles Schwab executive joins the Coinbase board. So, uh, Chris Dads who serves on the board of directors of the Charles Schwab Corporation, has joined cryptocurrency exchange Coinbase's board of directors, according to an announcement published October 2nd. The Charles Schwab Corporation is a brokerage, banking, and financial advisory services firm based in San Francisco. Per the firm's annual report, the company had $3.36 trillion in client assets, $2.8 million active brokerage accounts, and $1.2 million banking accounts. 10.8. Sorry. Did I say? What did I say? 2.8. 10.8. I'm sorry. And 1.2 milli banking accounts as of December 2017. So, the, so yeah, this is a big move by Coinbase. Coinbase is also trying to say, hey, look at the kind of talent that we bring to our camp. Speaking of camps, Anna Berman uh, writes with 8,544 total views and 176 total shares from Cointelegraph, Bloomberg, Puerto Rico's Noble Bank reportedly loses clients, Tether and Bifinex, and seeks a buyer. So this is kind of a biggie, right? Because now, I just think it was ironic. It actually came from the Slack. Somebody said it is not ironic. He said it was, it's very interesting that banks are imploding because of crypto. And I was like, hmm, that could be a timeless statement. That could be a timeless statement. But that's what's happening here. Spank had a main client. That main client was Tether and Bitfinex. Tether and Bitfinex said, hey, guy, no more. And now they need a buyer because they're going under. 
only going to sell for a price of five to ten million dollars. What a bank selling for five to ten million dollars? Yeah. Ooh, they're not doing too good. Do you want to buy them? Noble Bank. Is this like a like a fake bank? No, it's a bank. It's a it was a real bank. Like when was it? When was it created? Uh, yeah, let's look. Noble Bank International. When this one was founded. It says it's a full reserve. Well, Noble Bank International is a full reserve bank. Um, there's one based in New York. New York? Um, so I wonder... See, Noble Bank International was founded in 2014 and is headquartered in New York, United States. Newark. Oh, not another one of these Pepe Silvia moments where we find out a bank is owned by a bank is owned by a bank is owned by a person owned by a bank. Noble is the next generation banking platform that focuses solely on enabling clients to clear, net, and settle FX and OTC transactions in real time. Um, Noble Bank International has offices in New York and San Juan. San Juan. So, time since last funding, two years ago. Um, Noble Bank International Investors, Indicator Ventures, Milkbox Partners, and get this, Blockchain Ventures. So those are the three investors that founded the bank in 2014. So it looks like somebody founded this bank just to funnel money. Or for the purposes of Tether. Don't say that. And, and then now that they can report the Tether as being missing, that they lost the client's Tether, now they're just going to sell the bank and kind of sweep everything under the rug. So this is like super sketch. This is not like creating like a like an LLC or like a core a corporation, right? Or like mm -hmm. a trust fund to, to like launder money like this is like they created a bank to like launder money that's that's pretty that's pretty big careful now don't talk too loudly jesse i enjoy my life you're trying to, i'm not trying to get on anybody's <laughs> list here all right that's kind of weird isn't it like okay i mean right. yes Whatever. it's very weird and it's very something it's very fraudulent uh, and very okay. fishy Where's Tether and Bifnex going? That's what I want to know. Where they're just like, you're fired. Well, they, they're not being audited right now by anybody, right? No. Nope. Anymore? The, so. the person I was auditing them quit. Yeah, so. All right, Wednesday's articles. Here we go. Lightning round. Winkle Voss, Gemini Crypto Exchange, secures insurance coverage for custodied, uh, what the? For custodied Custod assets. Custodied assets, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anna, Anna Alexander, uh, 5,638 total views and 390 total shares. Um, basically, the article is talking about how Tyler and Cameron Winklevoss's exchange Gemini secured insurance coverage for all their assets, for all the digital assets uh, from a lending services firm called Aon. Uh, I'm curious. How so, do they get Aon? away with this custodial shit? Why don't they just say it's a bank? So, per the press release, Gemini's digital insurance coverage will complement the already available FDIC-insured uh, U.S. dollar deposits 
Um, in July, Aon claimed to occupy 50% of the cryptocurrency insurance market, expecting to see more crypto-specific protections catering to the industry. So it's uh, Gemini is FDIC insured? I didn't know that. Yeah. So not only are they FDIC insured, they're also insured by a third-party private insurance agency, Aon? This is new to me. Why would they need more insurance if they're already insured by the federal government? Oh, come on, man. You know the answer to that. Have you ever, like, filed an insurance claim that was iffy? The insurance companies are going to find... They're going to... Their their number one priority, unlike the commercials where they're like, "Oh, we're totally here for you, and we're totally here to make sure you are happy at the end of the day, and that your children can be happy too." That's fake. They're trying to look for a way to not pay you money. Mm-hmm. So one insurance, they probably got a second one because the first one had some line items in there that didn't cover certain situations that they needed. That some of their clients said, "Hey." That's kind of too risky for me. This is a lot of money. If you can get that covered, I'll keep my money here. But that's a little too risky. So now they have a second insurer to come in and say, okay, we'll cover that situation. So now they can go back to their clients and say, hey, no more risk, Mm -hmm. baby. I wonder how how much risk Aon can take on. Let's see. Aon Company Net Worth. Aon Company, really? That's what you typed in your search bar? Yeah. All right. So let's see. Founded in uh, 1982. Okay. So that's a while ago. One. Sales, $10.7 billion. Country UK CEO, Gregory Case. $10.7 billion? Employees. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they can afford it. Market cap, $35.2 billion. Yeah, they can afford it. Oh, okay. There you go. I wonder how much they charge for their insurance coverage. Oh, yeah? You're going to get some insurance on some uh, crypto assets there? Huh? No, I'm just, okay. just curious. Hmm? So let's, let's go to the next article. And uh, it's about how U.S. legislators introduce bill to find common definition of blockchain technology. This is written by Anna Berman and has 4,087 total views and 269 total shares. U.S. Republicans Doris Metzwe and Brett Guthrie have recently proposed a bill dubbed, quote, the uh, Blockchain Promotional Act 2018 in the House of Representatives, according to an announcement on Metzwe's website Monday, October 1st. The release notes uh, that current definitions of blockchain technology and different bills, different draft bills differ. Uh, Okay, so they're talking about legal legal wording, I guess, and different bills. But let's go down here. Three bills. Uh, okay, so in September, Republican Tom Emmer announced he would introduce three bills. The resolution, one is the, quote, resolution supporting digital currencies and blockchain technology. The second, the, quote, Blockchain Regulatory Certainty Act. And the, quote, Safe Harbor for Taxpayers with Forked Assets Act. Hmm? Huh? Yeah, the last one. What's that one about? Yeah, it piques my interest. Consumers with forked assets? Speaking what of which, this asset? quarter we're supposed to be getting all of our for- crazy-ass forked Bitcoin money from Coinbase. Oh, literally like forked. Oh. 
Yeah. Wait. So safe harbor for forked assets. I wonder if does that mean like you don't have to pay taxes if like you know you held Bitcoin and you have Bitcoin cash and stuff. That would be dope though. I know Coinbase is going to be sliding us all of our um, forked Bitcoin dough. I don't know how they're going to do it, but they said they were at the beginning of the year. So oh, that'll okay. be happy. that'll be a Merry Christmas to everyone. That would be nice. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Like, oh, cool. Look at all this Bitcoin platinum I have. I didn't even. Bitcoin diamond. Bitcoin, Bitcoin diamond, gold. platinum, gold, Bitcoin ABC. Bitcoin that one of them? CBS. No, I'm just kidding. Bitcoin NBC, Bitcoin Fox. Bitcoin CNN. What did the Fox say? Um. All right, so that's cool. Um, is there anything else in here? No, I think it's kind of neat. That was a neat little rabbit hole we fell down there. Big four, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Oh, wait, you just did Wednesday, right? Uh, I'm on the last article. One more. On Tuesday? Uh, Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh, articles entitled, Vote Buying Scandal Stokes Fear of EOS Governance Failure. EOS. If you didn't buy EOS. Oh. EOS investors can't say they weren't warned. This is written by Brandy Dale. EOS. Or no, sorry, Brady Dale. Has 328 retweets and 22 Reddit shares. What was foretold in a March blog post by Ethereum creator Vitalik Buterin may have come to pass on the world's fifth largest blockchain with about a vote buying drama rocking the $5 billion protocol over the weekend. That's when a Twitter account named quote Maple Leaf Capital produced screenshots <laughs> from a leaked Excel spreadsheet that supposedly show the China-based exchange Huobi, one of the world's oldest and largest accepting money for its support of certain entities in the charge of ensuring that networks distributed decision making. The allegation is notable as EOS only has 21 quote block producers, trusted entities periodically elected to maintain the history of the blockchain and that receive rewards in the form of cryptocurrency for doing so. No one can verify any of the claims made in this thread nor the provenance of the spreadsheet's data will be promptly denied all the accusations. However, that doesn't mean damage control isn't being done. Block.1, the creators of EOSIO software, for which they raised $4 billion in the nearly year-long initial coin offering, issued its own statement on Tuesday. It reads, quote, We are aware of some unverified claims regarding irregular block producer voting and the subsequent denials of those claims. We believe it is important to ensure a free and democratic election process within EOS and may, quote, or may comma as we de- and may, as we deem appropriate, vote with other holders to reinforce the integrity of this process. Um, okay, so EOS I don't have any like of that. A, EOS looks like a big old bowl of fuckery, if you ask yeah. me. <laughs> Glad I don't have any of that. Yeah, so, um, I don't know. Cool. Moving on to Thursday's news, and of course, we don't do Friday because that's zero confirmation news. We don't accept it. So the first article on Thursday, Chinese energy outfit to support Spanish 300 megawatt crypto mining farm. How much is a megawatt? A million? Oh, what? Not a million watts. the number, but like, <laughs> let's put it into people. How much can it, how much can it power? Yeah, like how, many, how, how long can I play a PlayStation 4 with a megawatt? Um, okay, let me think about this. Give me a second. So a a I'm trying to think in terms of you legit can uh, answer this. All right. Okay. Yeah. So like a 700 800 square foot apartment consumes about 
well, legally, like code compliance is like anywhere between what is it like eight thousand by the code? I forget, like six thousand to like ten thousand, something like that. Six six to ten, uh, six to is it six to ten or six to eight? I think six to eight actually. Six to eight thousand watts. No, wait, that sounds low. No, I guess that is because uh, after after um. Yeah, it is, huh? You know, yeah, you're okay, having a so, conversation with yourself, right? Now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, because I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think back. Um, Let's yeah, just say so, it's six to eight thousand. Let's just put a reference point there. Say, say, say ten thousand. Round up. So ten thousand okay. for a small apartment. Mm-hmm. That's like a one bedroom, one bathroom. And that's a year. Right. So that is that is how much it uses in a day. That's how much you can have, like, stuff you can have plugged up. 10,000 watts? That's how, much, that's how much is allocated for the consumption of it. A day? Live. Yeah, live. So, like, if if you have, like, 200 units, 200 apartment units, you, you know, basically, you can, you can take 10,000. You start super conservative, and mm-hmm. then you can say you have 10,000 times 200 units. You need that much... Uh, power for the building and then you divvy mm-hmm. it up um, and then you figure out how many transformers you need to the site so what is but that yeah, seven I mean, zeros so you need 20 million watts so there you go 20 megawatts so a complex is 20 megawatts so 300 megawatts is a lot hmm okay thank yes. you jesse I love having like you on the squad, just ready to answer all my random, like electrical grid questions that I have. Because you know, one day I'm thinking of launching something. I'm gonna need some megawatts, so it's nice to know. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny if I say that and I like end up like in my old age, like owning a crypto farm or something. I don't know. That'd be fun. So Chinese energy company Ryzen Energy. Uh, uh, has partnered with the Spanish cryptocurrency. Ooh, China and Spain getting together, making some crypto babies. Cryptocurrency mining firm will to develop capacity of up to 300 megawatts of photovoltaic power. What the shit is that? Solar panel. Oh. Why don't they just say solar power? Because they used a word you wouldn't recognize to sound fancy. Oh. I never heard photovoltaic power before. I like now. I feel like I'm an elderly man now. Never heard it spoken to in those words. So several months after crypto solar tech confirmed it was building two farms near the city of Malaga using energy efficient technology, Risen will develop and take on engineering, procurement, and construction uh, responsibilities for the projects, according to the new report. For comparison, the Bitcoin network consumes on average about 200 megawatts of energy for mining every day. Ooh. So, it's a big. According to the Bitcoin Energy Consumption Index, in June, Crypto Solar Tech released its own token via an ICO to assist in financing its operations. Uh, the token raising a report of $68.2 million. Gotta have that ICO. Gotta have that. 
Boom, boom, boom. Sorry, that just—I just—that was a good song. I think it was a under Malaga in Spain. Gotta get that tick, tick, tick. At the boom, boom, boom. Chicken jock my style. Okay, let's go to the next one. You know, that's a question you don't hear every day: is whatever happened to Fergie? No one cares about her. Okay, so um. Moving right along, Venezuela. This is written by Kevin Holmes. It has 4,473 eyeballs. Venezuela makes a petrol crypto a national currency. Wow. And publishes a new... Wow, that's so bold. That is so bold. Uh, this is a good article to put on here, man. This is a good one to end with. Venezuela has made their petrol crypto a national currency. I got like a Pepe Silvia last article. Jeez. Venezuela's president, Nicolas Maduro, Maduro, has made several claims regarding his country's digital currency this week. He announced the launch of the Petro as a national currency on Monday, reportedly claiming that it is already present in the world's six top most international exchange houses. Is he just Does he just get up and talk out of his butthole? I don't know. A new white paper has also been published showing that the Petro is no longer 100% backed by oil, but is also backed by some of Venezuela's other resources. Okay, okay, so there used to be this huge group of people that did not like central, centralized things and what it means for anybody. Look at this as the case study, okay? So while all these countries start releasing their crypto and then go back and listen to some old Andreas where he talks about like good luck with that centralized piece of shit token that you that you're trying to perpetuate throughout time. Like go listen to some old Andreas and then watch this Venezuela token collapse. This is gonna be juicy. Sorry to everyone that is in Venezuela. I hope it gets better, but uh Yeah, this is juicy, man. I love this quote. The Petro is already present in the world's six top most international exchange houses. Okay. Interesting. Each unit of the Petro will be equivalent to 3,600 sovereign boulevards and will be the reference for fixing the value of work, the price of services, and of consumer goods. One of the accounting units that will govern the Bolivarian nation. So if you see how centralized the decision-making is going with this Petro. And it's the same decision making that's making the Boulevard virtually useless. I don't know, man. I don't know, Jesse. I'm not feeling that. Plot, plot twist. Venezuela becomes uh, a global superpower. Yeah, the richest country in the world. Plot twist. They're trying to get their hands on everybody's Bitcoin and they actually got it. Yeah. When he says top six exchange houses in the world, do you think he's talking about like his cousin's garage? I don't know, man. (laughs) But I am looking forward to you ending with the last article. Oh, wow. This looks official. Yeah. Ooh, Pepe Silvia, indeed. Okay, so this is written by our homeboy, Nicholas Day. Uh, it has no numbers on my screen. Does it have any numbers on your screen? 
Yeah, 194 retweets and one Reddit share. Oh, okay. I didn't need to refresh. Refresh. There it is. There's the numbers. Ooh, another U.S. indictment links Bitcoin to a covert Russian intelligence activity. Ooh, a newly published indictment by the U.S. Department of Justice, also known as the Doge, charges seven alleged Russian (laughs) intelligence agents with using cryptocurrencies as part of a broad influence and disinformation scheme. The government alleges that Alexei Sergeyevich Meredith's Oh my God! Why did you put all these names? Eleski Sergeyevich Emoranets in Evgeny Mikhailovich Serebriokov. Damn, there's I, a lot of names there, dude. <laughs> it's like been, reading the Bible. I I've been Sergeyevich Yermakov, Yermakov, Artem Andreyevich Marshev. Dmitry Sergeyevich Bayadin, Badin, Oleg Mikhailovich Sotnikov. Can't believe you're actually wading through the names. And Alexei Valarevich Minin are members of the Russian intelligence agency. All right, let's do that again. Ale- no, I'm kidding. Uh, members of the Russian intelligence agency and hacked into computer networks used by anti-doping and sporting officials as well as groups investigating Russia's alleged use of chemical weapons to hide their financial tracks. They reportedly use cryptocurrencies though. in the indictment, Bitcoin is the only one named directly. Bum, 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 the name Sergeyevich appeared a lot. It appeared one, two, three. Isn't that Sergey, Sergeyevich, 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 so if you if you guys uh, a- Andy, if you're listening, and I'll send you uh, I'll send you some some Litecoin or maybe some Ether, if you could tell me the historical significance of and this is just for Andy, uh, I'm only talking to Andy. Sorry, everybody else. <laughs> uh, if you could t- <laughs> if you could tell me the historical significance of Sergey Sergeyevich, um. Then we can talk next week. Okay, so the document states, in those instances where conspirators purchased hacking infrastructure, payments were made using a complex web of transactions involving operational accounts and fictitious names and typically utilized cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin to further mask their identities and conduct. Oh, so they were doing... They were doing dirt. Here's another quote. To facilitate the purchase of infrastructure used in their hacking activity, targeting anti-doping and other sports-related orgs, and releasing the stolen documents, defendants, together with conspirators known and unknown, conspired to launder money through a web of transactions structured to capitalize on the perceived anonymity of cryptocurrencies, such as Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Ooh, the U.S. Doge digging in those Russian asses. Hey, Jesse. Yep. I bet you can't say Dmitry Sergeyevich Bedin five times fast. Nope, definitely can't. I knew I'd win that bet. Okay, so <laughs> that's it, guys, for the news. You want to stick around? I think Jesse was going to talk about how his streams have been going. And he's going to talk about if he likes Fortnite or not. 
Uh, Fortnite is great. Stream is going stagnant. I need to figure out how to get more people to check it out. <laughs> Dude, I think you need to get on right in the afternoon when all the kids get home from school. Maybe. Maybe you're right. That's it, man. Kids are watching streams. Like, I don't know a single adult my age that is watching another adult play a video game. Yeah, that's I, I don't know any of them. They're like, yeah, I would never do that. If I saw a game I liked, I would go out and buy it and play it myself. They can't buy it, so they watch other people. Maybe that's why. You think so? That could be it. And then another guy told me that they watch it to get their own strategies because they have all of the time in the world so they can make these like videos and tricks or stunts or whatever. I don't know, but like, I don't watch streams. Hmm. And I don't know any of my friends that do, except for like for championships, like the Dota championship, that's different. The Overwatch yeah. League, yep. that's a little bit different. But like every day I'm getting up can't wait to watch somebody play a video game like just, i don't get it but i respect it i respect it damn it go one yeah, second I... <laughs> did you hear that knock at the door yeah that was definitely a knock that was yeah. real good luck <laughs> okay good i luck. guess we need Hopefully to end the show swatted no, just... <laughs> yeah we need, we need in the show all right, all right cool yeah thanks everybody yeah. We'll see you in the next one.